see a few things here in this passage. Didn't read a lot of verses. I'll make reference to many more, and we'll read some other things here to come. But um, I want to talk to you a little bit about the reward of a servant. You know, without going deep into this, I have a, another lesson that I do teach on this. But you know, there's on a couple occasions you might remember the disciples were walking along or traveling along with Jesus and they say to Jesus, you know, they start, somebody calls, calls him master and somebody else um, calls him teacher and someone else. And then they start, the disciples start bickering a little bit and arguing about what they should call him. And so as they're bickering and arguing, they actually, one says, what do you want to be called? What do you think we should call you? Master or teacher? And by the way, could have been all, any of these, right? It could have been Lord. I mean, he was Lord of Lords, right? He, he, sort of said, he could have said, you call me king because my father calls me the king of kings. He could have said any number of things, you know. He called me king, called me Lord, called me master, called me creator, called me father. You could call, I mean, he, he could have said anything that he said, you want, I want to be called. And they were discussing various things, teacher, you know, master, shepherd, whatever. And he says, call me, just call me a servant. Just call me a servant pretty interesting that the savior was just he says you know i'm okay with being a servant that's the servant is fine that's what i came to do he came to seek and to save and to serve right that's what he came to do but you have here and by the way lots of things lots of uh, these talks and things that the disciples and jesus had together uh, but here you have one. We just read the passage here in, in chapter number 19. And uh, oh, yes, right. Chapter 19 and verse number 27. But then answered Peter. And I want you to, as I read this, I would like for you to kind of think about the, um, uh, maybe a little bit of the uh, attitude that Peter had here not just the words that we're reading, okay? Because he was human, right? Peter was human, just like us. He was man. He gave up all to serve Jesus. And here he asked this question, then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? Can I reword this of maybe how we would say it. Jesus, I've given up a whole lot for you. Is it going to really be worth this? What's in it for us? Does that sound about right? Have we ever thought it? Is this going to be worth it? Come on, you can be honest. You thought it. And by the way, Jesus on several occasions was asked things by disciples and asked things by followers and he would not answer on one particular occasion he asked he was asked by the pharisees and the sadducees by the way the highest religious leaders of the day right the brightest smartest of the days and he was asked some questions and he said i'm not going to remember he says we want to see more signs that you're the messiah show us another sign jesus that you're the messiah and Jesus, um, by the way, there's 40, I think 42, if I'm not mistaken, 42 or 43 actual miracles recorded in the New Testament that Jesus performed, not counting all the other miracles that he did, like when he would heal people all day long and they didn't record them all. It just says he healed the sick and healed all day. 
okay? But there's 42 exact written ones, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees knew that this was one of the prophecies that he would be the Messiah, that these miracles he'd be performing. So Jesus knew that the Pharisees and the Sadducees knew all this information, and yet they go to Jesus and say, show us another sign that you're the Messiah. He knew their attitude. And he said, I'm not going to give you another sign. I've already given you enough. I'm not going to give you another. And then he makes comment. He says, you already got your sign. It's prophet Jonas and the three days in, uh, in the whale. But, uh, but Jesus didn't always answer people when they ask a question. So if Jesus didn't think that this question was not important to Peter, he wouldn't have answered it. Right? He could have said, Peter, be more spiritual and don't think about what you're going to get. Just keep serving. Right? Which is sometimes what we think. That we're not supposed to think about later or the rewards, but just keep on serving and keep on serving. And by the way, I think it's very timely as well because I know there's many, many people here serving yesterday. Lots of people serving and throughout the week, not just yesterday, the week and weeks and months that you've been preparing for the ladies' conference and for serving others and other churches and other ladies. So I think it's very timely in this. But Peter basically says, "Is it what's in, what's in store for us? We've given up a lot. We've walked away from a lot of things. What's in store for us with this now? What do we have to look forward to? And Christ answers him. We might, uh, you know, paraphrase it various ways, but he answers him. Is it really worth it, Peter asks. The good news is that our labors and our sacrifices are not in vain. Our efforts will be rewarded. Um, and I believe it's helpful, and I believe God believed, uh, Jesus believed it was helpful to give an answer because it's helpful, because we are human. We are human, and we think about these things. We may not say them out loud because then it'll show that we're not very spiritual. But we think them. Why? We're donating time. We're giving our efforts. We're giving our money. We're giving our, our resources. We're giving our time, our Saturdays. Our, our, we're giving our whatever days it is to serve, to be involved in the ministry, to help out around the church. To, to, we're giving of these things. Boy, is, it really gonna, is this going to pay off? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. And we're going to talk about those, and I want to encourage you with those. Let's begin, begin noting as well that Jesus answered his question here. Verse number 28 and 29, and Jesus said unto them. You notice he didn't just answer one. Why did he say it unto them? Because only one said it. But he knew what they were all thinking. But one was brave enough to say, what's in it for us, Lord? And he said unto them. God puts words perfectly in the Bible, doesn't he? He didn't just say and he said unto him. He said it unto them because they were all thinking it already. And he says it unto them. Verily I say unto you that ye which, are, uh, which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit on the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon the twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And every one that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake 
shall receive an hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. We're going to talk about this now. The Gospel of Mark makes reference of this as well. Mark chapter number 10, verses uh, 29 to 30. And it reads very similar to the same thing, but gives the same recording. And so we see that Jesus wants us to know for sure that God will reward generously. God will reward generously. But he also wants us to know that it's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be easy or simple, but he does re reward generously. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. As you're going about your day, as Satan tries to tempt you, say, man, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Just keep it for yourself. Just keep it your own time. Keep your days. Keep your hours. Just keep it for yourself. No, God rewards generously. He always does and he always will. God, listen, many pastors over the years have said, uh, God owes no man anything. And he doesn't. God doesn't have a debt that he cannot pay or will not pay. He doesn't have debt. He gives us more than we deserve. Amen? He gives us far more than we deserve. We will have persecutions, yes. We may have trials, yes. We may have sufferings in this life, yes, we may. But the rewards outweigh it all. The rewards outweigh it all. The rewards. I told you last year, I'm not going to go into it in depth, but we came home from Africa just a year, a year and a month ago-ish, 13 months, I guess. And that's when uh, one of the team members, Elijah, was sick, very similar to my son, was sick and um, high fever, and they ended up getting him to the hospital. By the time they got him to the hospital, it was just, uh, he had waited too long, really. And his brother, they didn't know what it was. They just thought he was sick and not feeling well and, you know, throwing up and that sort of thing. And he ended up going into eternity just uh, October 10th um, last year. And, um, and yet, but thank God, his mom, his parents, his brothers... His sisters, uh, I think eight children in their family, but they all have said, listen, God never promised that we wouldn't have tribulation here on earth. His mom said, it's an honor to give your son for Jesus' sake. His mom, even, but before Elijah left, his brother said, Elijah, you could die. You could get some disease. You could get bit by a poisonous snake. Elijah, it's dangerous in Africa. And he said, I know, but it would be worth it to get the gospel there. It's worth it for Christ's sake. The rewards far outweigh the cost. And I'm not saying that because it wasn't my son. His family is the one that's been telling me. His mom and his uh, two, three brothers went with us to South America this past year. They said, we are going to go to Africa next. We were going to go to the same place as Elijah went. We don't want Satan to think he gets the victory in our family. Yeah. So, man, God knew that they'd give him the glory back to the Lord. Knew that they could handle it and that they were capable and able. But anyway, it doesn't mean that there's not going to be trials. It doesn't mean there's not going to be suffering in this life. But the blessings outweigh the difficulties by a hundred to one margin. That's pretty good. Amen? 
And we don't see that sometimes here on earth, but whatever sacrifices we make will be richly compensated by the Lord. He's not going to owe us anything. He's not going to. The Christian life is certainly worth it. The promised blessings that Jesus speaks of here should not be taken uh, lightly for sure. Certainly, Jesus isn't promising to give a hundred fields to everyone who gives a farm, uh, to, gives up to farm to follow him. And I get that. But, you know, I, by the way, I just was uh, hearing about one farmer, I, I think in Iowa, some many years ago. The uh, the other farmers were only getting one cut or two cuts in their in their hay fields a year. And all of his farm was getting double. Everything didn't matter if it was the neighbor right across the road, right across the property line. He was getting one cut in his field, while he, uh, this other farmer, was getting double. Whatever the whatever the cut was, it just didn't make sense to any of the farmers. How is he cutting twice, three times, twice as much as we are? They went to him one day, a little bit of disgust. How is your farm producing? Doesn't matter what you plant, you produce double than what we produce. And he said, do you have family on the mission field? We have family on the mission field. And we have to provide for them. You know why? Because God takes care. God will provide. Now, that's just one real quick illustration there of that. But my goodness, God does not owe us anything. He provides. What he means uh, is the things that we receive in this life and the next will be a hundred times as valuable as the things we give up. That's what God was saying. Saying the things you give up will be a hundred times, be a hundred times more valuable than the things you gave, gave up here on earth. The things you're going to get. Secondly, we learn in scripture that even our trials have spiritual value and benefit. Even our trials have spiritual value and benefit. We're going to learn, just turn to a couple of these. And if you want to turn, that's fine. If you want to write them down for later, that's okay as well. But I want you to at least hear them. And then if you decide you want to write them down and look them up for later, that would be great as well. But Romans chapter number five, because God gives us these in his word. Verses number three and four, and not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience. Uh, experience and experience hope. And uh, James, we also uh, are ta uh, told this, uh, uh, that, that we've got much to look forward to. We've got uh, much to, to be appreciative of and that God will provide. James chapter number, oh, let's see, where are we? James chapter number one. James one in verses number two, uh, starting out here. My brother, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him, uh, let him ask of God, and he give it to all men liberally. Boy, I'll tell you, I've asked God many a times for that. I'll tell you for sure. And I meant to tell you this earlier, but, you know, that's one of the things that helps us and gets us through in many of these situations and difficulties is hiding God's word in your heart. The scriptures clearly tell us to hide God's word in your heart. You know why? Because there's going to be times, there's going to be situations, there's going to be uh, problems that come up in our life. And we don't, if we don't have it hidden and tucked away and memorized and be able to just know it and it just comes off of our tongue 
then right away Satan wants to put fear and doubt and all kinds of other things in our mind. We've got to have it. Because 2 Timothy, one of my favorite overseas, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. God hath not given us the spirit of fear. Which means if we're afraid, if we're scared, we don't want to do something for the Lord. We don't want to go a certain place because it's dangerous. If we're afraid, that fearful, God didn't give us that spirit of fear. But he's given us the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. What's that sound mind? That's confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's got things in control. He's got things in order. He orders our steps. Amen? We don't need to be afraid. We don't need to be fearful. I didn't say we have to be foolish either. But we don't have to be afraid. And we don't have to be fearful. Because what time I am afraid, who are we supposed to trust in? The Lord. Amen? What time you're afraid? Psalm 56 what time you're afraid? Whatever time you're afraid. We all get afraid sometimes or scared sometimes. But, uh, but we ought to be trusting in him. Trust in him. In several parables we have Jesus. Uh, he indicated the, to the faithful disciples that there would be great rewards. In the parable of the virgin, the reward is the marriage banquet in Matthew 25. In the parable of the talents, the reward is, is described in general terms, but being put in charge of many things in Matthew chapter number 25 as well. In the parable of the sheep and the goats, the uh, blessed disciples are allowed to inherit a kingdom. Same thing in Matthew 25. Then in Luke 12, in the parable of the servants and the faithful servant, they're, they're rewarded with being in charge of the master's possessions. God gives us all of this uh, breakdown showing that what the servants or what you do, what you give up, what you're willing to give up, will be repaid unto you. It will be. In the parable of the pounds, the trustworthy servants were given rulership over the cities in Matthew 19, or Luke 19. On another occasion, Jesus advises his disciples to store up for themselves treasures in heaven. So, see, Jesus doesn't mind us thinking about the reward. In fact, he wants us to think about the reward because he knows how we tick, right? He knows how we as humans think because we're created in his image, right? Well, what's the reward for him if we obey what he's told us to do? The reward for him is that more people hear about the gift of eternal life from his son. The reward is when his son comes back for his bride, there's more of a gathering, right? That's a reward. God knows these things and God knows how we think. And he said, in fact, on that occasion, Jesus tells the disciples, lay up for yourselves treasures, but not on earth. He says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And he explains it. We're rost and moth and no one can come through and steal it, right? So it's okay. He says, it's okay to think about the reward. And I want to encourage you here this morning to think about the reward. Therefore, God uses words based on our physical when he describes what is spiritual or what the spiritual that we need to keep in mind. Our spiritual blessings will be far better than the physical things that we know of this life. Bottom line. 
the spiritual blessings. And I'm not going to get into every one of these, but David put it in his way. You'll find uh, me joy with your joy in the presence and the, the internal pleasures he talks about in Psalm 16. John describes it in the time there will be no more death nor mourning nor crying nor pain in Revelation 20. Various different writers in the Bible describe some of the reward that we have to look forward to. No more pain, no more crying. Hey, those are great. Amen? I mean, this is wonderful stuff. We don't have this here on earth. Amen? That's awesome. So it's okay to remember these things and to think on these things. By the way, young people, don't let Satan tell you, oh, you're giving up so much to serve the Lord or to live for God or to be a Christian. Giving up. Your reward is far, far out going to outweigh what you sacrificed. Amen. Oh, but I sacrificed so much. Really? Watching that one movie seemed that much? You don't even remember what movie it is now. But you all can remember. Remember? I remember when I was a kid. Man, I can't believe my parents won't let me watch that. Boy, really sacrificing. No, we're not. I don't even know what the movie was, but I remember having the feeling before. I do. I remember thinking, man, my parents are rotten. They just don't want me to have any fun. But no, the reward far outweighs. The reward far overpays. Far, far, far. Isaiah describes some of this joy when he um, uh, predicts the nation returning to the land. And um, he, he, Isaiah uh, 34. Five and verse number 10, but the gladness and joy will overtake them and the sorrow and the scene and the sign will flee away. Why? Because the, the, the reward that God has far outweighs. The, the simple fact is that God has promised us that he'll reward us. Servants, God will reward you. God will reward you. He'll reward you. I know yesterday, and I was uh, laughing, chuckling a little bit, the guys, you know, doing the, switching everything around and everything, you know, and then they were sitting up there. I saw them. I don't know if they were working. I saw them all sitting up there just lollygagging. But, um, but no, of course, they were done. They finished. But, you know, and, and, and one, I, I think it was you, brother, came out and said, what am I paying you for? And I was sitting around, you know, and again, the work was done, but it was just the idea that, yeah, right, but we're not paying but Christ is. Amen? The Lord does. The Lord repays. He gives to us. If you give towards uh, a ministry, you give towards a work, you give towards uh, someone here, or, or, or maybe even a neighbor. You give, you give towards trying to get the gospel out. You give towards printing gospel tracts or getting Bibles out, or you, print, you, you give towards missions, or whatever it is you're giving, God is rewarding. God will reward. You say, well, When? Well, the scripture talks about it, right? And he will give, and he gives in accordance to the way we gave. Don't forget. In the same measure that we give is the same measure that it's given back, right? The difference is it's pressed down, shaken together, and running over, so we still get a benefit. You know, we give that, that whatever scoop or cup or quart or gallon or whatever it is that we give, but God overly, he'll give back more. He promises. And he's a God that can be trusted for sure. 
Belief in rewards is part of the Christian faith. It's part of the Christian faith. I'm going to wrap this up very quickly. I was going to try to go through some of these different things. But when life becomes difficult, it's helpful for us to remember that there is another life in which we will be rewarded. Just remember it. There's another life. This world's not our home. It's not. It's temporary. This body's temporary. The things we have on this earth, even more temporary, right? Last very little amount of time in realms of eternity. But this world's not our home. And we need to remember that the reward far outweighs that which we give up. Jesus said, great is your reward in heaven in Matthew 5. Great is your reward. Not you'll get a reward, but he says, great is that reward. Great is it. Servant, Christian, servant, your reward is great. I just wanted to encourage you here today and thank you for your prayers, for your efforts, for missions, for your efforts, for this community, this area, for getting the gospel out. But great is your reward. And it's okay to think about it because Peter did. And Peter a little bit, I think maybe with a little bit of, sarc- I don't know, just snarkiness about him saying, Jesus, is it really going to be worth this? And Jesus said, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A hundred times more. So worth it for a Christ's sake. I want to encourage you, if you're serving him now in some way, maybe maybe Satan's been telling you, just quit. It's not worth it. No, it is worth it. Maybe you've been thinking, no, I'm not going to volunteer for that. It's, you know, it's more than I want to deal with. No, maybe the Lord wants you to. Well, no, I'm not going to be able to do any more for missions. Well, maybe he wants you to. But if he provides, if he gives it, he's, he's going to, he, he, A, he provides it the first time, and then he rewards us after for giving it back. It's a win-win. We didn't come into this world with anything. So he gives it to us first, then we give back. And he says, man, I, now I'll give you a hundred times more. So I thank each and every one of you as a, a mission worker and to see the churches. And they're always telling me, please go back to the churches and tell them thank you. And so I'm telling you thank you on their behalf. Oftentimes they'll thank me and I'll say, it's not me. It's not me. It's the Christians, it's the believers back in the churches. And then they'll say, well, please tell them thank you. And I do want to tell you, tell you thank you on their behalf, but it is going to be worth the reward. If you don't know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I urge you to give your life to Jesus Christ. It's, it, it, you don't get to take part in that reward if you're not a child of his. It's not because he's chosen some and not chosen others. No, the choice is yours. The choice is yours. We're all sinners. We all deserve to pay for our own sin. But Christ died for us. He shed his blood. Amen? And because he shed his blood and he paid our payment for sin, he gives us the gift of eternal life if we so choose. If we confess with our mouth, believe in our heart, confess with our mouth, the Lord Jesus, thou shalt be saved. That's it. That sounds simple. 
right? Jesus did the hard part. He left the easier part for us just to receive to us. All we have to do is receive it. Father, we love you and I thank you for these dear folks. I thank you for...